This one is entitled COVID Persists, but the COVID vaccine narrative has taken on so much water, the powers that be have stopped bailing and are going to let these vaccines slowly sink. But what do they have next in store for us? So here's my introduction. This, this was published April 28, 2022 and it, on Mercola.com, and it was originally published on Merrill Nass's Substack, and I've let links for you for those. It's the best single summary of today's situation. There has been so much bad news about the vaccines in the last few months that it has even leaked into the mainstream media. I think the cabal's plan, at least in the U.S., but probably everywhere, is to stop propping up the ludicrous vaccine claims and allow them to die a natural death. I explain why below. This first section is entitled Reality Check. There was just too much bad news, too few getting boosted, too much resistance from parents. Getting eight or ten doses into everyone was not going to happen. The terrified, obedient masses were becoming fewer and fewer. For example, here is one story that got lots of traction. ABC News covered the fact that, quote, at least 72 COVID cases in the fully vaccinated resulted from the gridiron dinner. Not only did Nancy Pelosi test positive, but several members of Biden's cabinet and many other Beltway glitterati did too, all of whom had been vaccinated in order to attend. There was plenty of happy talk that the afflicted politicians in D.C. had only mild COVID cases. Good for them. But if vaccines caused them to become asymptomatic spreaders instead of spreaders with symptoms, who would know to stay home while sick? The vaccines would actually be doing more harm than good in terms of transmission. They could be causing more COVID cases, not less. By now, it had, has to be apparent to everyone who walks by a newsstand or who turns on the TV that the media are begging much too hard for more shots. It must be obvious to all that the shots do not prevent spread, and therefore, there is no logical way you can mandate them. Because if my shot does not protect you, and only with lots of fairy dust will it protect me, why would you have any interest in whether or not I am vaccinated? Once you stop caring about my vaccination status, the cabal's nexus of control starts to fall apart. That was their ace in the hole. Time for them to move on to something else. The next section is a crime has been committed. The kicker for childhood vaccines, the New York State Department of Health study of vaccine efficacy in children. After two months, efficacy in the five to 11 year olds had fallen to 12%. In other words, seven out of eight vaccinated kids derived no benefit after two months, only risk. The data were derived from 365,000 children, and apparently there was no way CDC could spin them or 12% was the best spin they could put on the data. This report is a huge obstacle to universal child vaccinations. The cabal cannot surmount it. It is important to mention again, because we keep forgetting, that while the vaccines are nominally licensed for adults, in fact, you can only find the EUA unlicensed product in the U.S. And legally, an EUA is experimental, and therefore, forcing someone to be vaccinated is a Nuremberg violation and a violation of federal law. The imposition of mandates for these experimental gene therapy products is therefore a crime being committed by states, the federal government, and certain companies and other institutions. It seems that because U.S. law was not designed for situations in which the government is the criminal, 
it has been very difficult to use the judicial system to change what is happening. But surely, if this persisted much longer, an honest judge somewhere would finally rule that the vaccines are experimental and that the COVID mandate house of cards would then collapse like Humpty Dumpty. It is Easter today, after all. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put COVID mandates together again. Deaths are piling up. What else has been happening that undermines the vaccine story? Well, in addition to all the collapsing athletes, there is now a large collection of mayors suddenly dropping dead throughout Germany. In Australia, Queensland's health minister just admitted that ambulances are being summoned for a lot more calls for cardiac events and sudden deaths, 40% more to be exact. Thanks to Igor Shudov for following this story and including a video of the clueless minister admitting it, but having no idea why, and there's a link there. Then there were three insurance companies, one each from the U.S., India, and Germany, that admitted there were about 40% more deaths than expected in working-age people in the second half of 2021. The German official who blew the whistle, a CEO or VP, was immediately fired, which is a strong indication he was telling the truth. Three doctor whistleblowers released a large cache of data from the military's DMED database showing huge increases in service member deaths. And there's a link. There's been a lot of confusion about these data. In part, that is because the military then reissued its data for the preceding several years, making the 2021 comparison look less dire. Matthew Crawford has some ideas about what really happened to the data. There's a link for that. The only thing that is absolutely clear so far is that there has been a cover-up and the health of vaccinated members of the military appears to have taken a dive, but we don't know how deep. The next section is myocarditis, conspiracy theory no more. Everyone in the world must have heard the term myocarditis by now and knows that is a vaccine injury. A lot of people also know that CDC Director Rochelle Walensky said post-vaccination myocarditis was extremely rare but mild. Except it isn't, and she lied. The rate of myocarditis she cited is at least 10 times too low. About 1 in 2,000 young men aged 18 to 24 sought care for this diagnosis after getting their second mRNA shot. In fact, the CDC was so intensely worried about blowback regarding its recommendation to vaccinate teens, despite the risk of myocarditis, that it got the heads of about 20 professional medical organizations to sign on to a declaration supporting the CDC's recommendation. Wonder how much CDC paid for that. Getting such backup was an unusual move, but perhaps unsurprising for risk-adverse bureaucrats who worry about their own butt, but not anyone else's. Rochelle even mentions these, quote, co-signers from many medical organizations in her ABC TV interview. Collecting a bunch of, quote, co-signers is actually the proof that the CDC knew its vaccine recommendation was going to considerably harm children. While nobody in a federal health agency had admitted it, many people must be aware that myocarditis is only the tip of the COVID vaccine injury iceberg. Myocarditis got attention because it's life-threatening and almost always happens within four days of the second shot. It can't be written off as a coincidence the way heart attacks, strokes, pulmonary 
emboli, sudden deaths, and perhaps many other diagnoses have been. As if there wasn't already enough bad vaccine news, there was information from Medicare database that the FDA posted last July, but it only recently got attention. The FDA revealed that heart attacks, pulmonary emboli, disseminated intravascular coagulation, that's called DIC, which is a life-threatening bleeding plus clotting disorder, and ITP, which is another bleeding disorder, were related to the Pfizer vaccination in Medicare beneficiaries. The FDA promised to study this rigorously, but instead remained silent, and subsequently has never denied the relationship. The next section is ivermectin success stories abound. And then there's ivermectin. So many ivermectin stories have been leaking into the popular press. Tennessee's legislature made ivermectin essentially an over-the-counter drug last week. New Hampshire's House voted in favor of this as well, while the New Hampshire Senate is now taking it up. Several states gave healthcare providers an immunity guarantee for the use of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine for COVID. Kansas's Senate voted to strengthen religious exemptions and give safe harbor to those prescribing ivermectin, effectively undermining the school vaccine mandates if it is enacted. Kansas also refused to enforce any adult vaccine mandates. Coupled with stories about lawsuits against hospitals for refusing to supply ivermectin to dying relatives, like there's one in a link, people are finally realizing there is probably something to this drug, and they've been cheated. They were given a shot that barely works, is unsafe, and they were stopped from getting the, the good drug. And what if they lost their business to the lockdowns? There must be a lot of anger simmering by now. I imagine the great reset cabal must be worried about this, and has decided to loosen its grip for the moment and hopefully let off some citizen steam. The next section is the tide is turning. There is more surprising vaccine news. While many institutions are still imposing mandates, and we need to find out what dollar carrots were given to universities and other entities to impose the illegal mandates of experimental vaccines, in other surprising places, the mandates are disappearing. Out west in woke land, the Washington State Department of Health said it would not require COVID vaccines to attend school after all. Despite Gavin Newsom's 2021 executive order mandating, mandating vaccines for school kids as soon as they are licensed, California Department of Health has just done the same that Washington did. It killed the COVID vaccine mandate for the 2022-23 to 23 school year. Finally, Fauci himself and various media now openly admit the vaccines will not take us to herd immunity, no matter how many shots we get. This is why I'm convinced the ship is turning and the current vaccine programs will be scuttled. Those state health departments take their orders from the CDC and District of Columbia. I do not think the FDA is going to be issuing any more fake licenses for COVID vaccines. I say fake because A, the vaccines do not meet licensure criteria, and B, after issuing the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines licenses for adults, neither licensed product has been distributed in the U.S. for actual use. The advisory committee meeting to deliberate on vaccines for kids aged six months to five years was delayed from February to April and now from April till June. It seems like our unvaxxed kids will be spared. Hallelujah. 
The next section is invalid surrogates used for the EUAs. During the April 6, 2022 Vaccine and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee, VRBPAC meeting, which I live blogged and summarized in another link, both briefers and committee members acknowledged that the neutralizing antibody titers that have been used as surrogate for immunity in order to issue EUAs were in fact not valid surrogates. This had been obvious for a while, but a recent Israeli study in a link on healthcare workers made it crystal clear. While neutralizing antibody titers rose tenfold after a fourth vaccination, by two months out, the Pfizer vaccine had only 30% efficacy against infection and the Moderna vaccine had only 11%. So the high antibody titers were in fact meaningless. This is really important because Pfizer and Moderna have been relying on titers to get their vaccines okayed for the younger age groups, those below 16 and 18 respectively. They don't have data showing the vaccines are actually reducing cases by 50% or more, which is a standard FDA, which is a standard that the FDA said was necessary. They don't have data showing that the vaccines prevent serious cases or deaths, another standard. Up until now, the FDA accepted titers in lieu of actual efficacy results from clinical trials to issue its EUAs for children. But with the recent VRBPAC admissions, which must have been planned in advance, otherwise why did multiple people at the meeting discuss it as settled fact when they never mentioned it before, the FDA can no longer do so. Another thing that happened at the VRBPAC meeting was that Peter Marks, the head of the FDA's Center for Biologics and the highest FDA official there, said that if a new type of COVID vaccine is developed for the next booster, then the current vaccines would no longer be used because it would be too confusing. Too confusing. I believe this was another effort to prepare us for the demise of the current mRNA vaccines. The fall of the vaccines means the fall of vaccine passports. This ought to slow down the imposition of CBDCs and all digital money for a bit. If we don't have to show our vaccine certificate to go shop, eat, etc., and people stop being fearful of catching something from each other, people will be a lot, lot less inclined to, quote, show their papers to go on about their lives. It's our job to explain over and over that this is how the Nazis maintain control. The next section is here, I read the tea leaves. If there is a new vaccine waiting in the wings, FDA and its briefers were not telling us about it at the VRBPAC meeting, which was the time to do so. For right now, I think the current crop of vaccines and the vaccine passports are going away. I don't think the authorities anticipate another severe COVID wave in the foreseeable future, as most people now have Omicron immunity. The COVID fear will dissipate. The original Wuhan strain appeared out of nowhere. No natural progenitor could be found. And the original Omicron strain appears also to have originated in a lab. If I was a member of the Great Reset Cabal, I would be quite hesitant about releasing yet a third lab-engineered virus on the population. Because millions of people will be looking for one, it won't take long before its laboratory provenance is discovered then the pitchforks might really come out. On the other hand, I do believe the cabal has bet the farm on their reset. They can't go back, and they are simply moving on to another means of accomplishing it besides COVID. 
The over-the-top World Health Organization treaty slash constitution and its amendments designed to assume sovereignty over the world in the event of a pandemic is an ambitious plan B. But I don't think it will fly. Too many people know the World Health Organization was wrong about virtually everything regarding the management of this pandemic, not to mention the 2009 swine flu. And then there was the little matter of the World Health Organization undertaking the solidarity trial in which WHO officials deliberately poisoned over a thousand COVID patients with excessive doses of hydroxychloroquine and in many cases failed to obtain signed informed consent. They could be liable for manslaughter. Will Russia and China really agree to give up their sovereignty to Tedros? China maybe, Brazil, India, Indonesia, Japan, Nigeria, can all of their leaders and their local power centers have been sufficiently corrupted to turn over their nations to the cabal? I think that could be a stretch. I suspect the cabal will try their best to get a legal okay to take over the world with the upcoming WHO pandemic treaty, but it won't fly. Too many people already know about these plans. The next section is, what is plan C? After the World Health Organization, the cabal will move on to something else, plan C. Climate catastrophe, yet more wars, aliens. I'm guessing it will be a few years before we get hit with another nasty bug. By then, maybe the fiat currencies will have finally crashed and the cabal won't have as tight a control of the reins. By then, Fauci, Walensky, Biden, Marcon, Johnson, Trudeau, Dragri will hopefully be unpleasant memories. I'm not thinking we will all sing Kumbaya. I expect a great deal of misery as the cabal pushes all the levers at its disposal. The Shanghai city and port closure, that's China's biggest city and the world's largest port, seems to me a deliberate attempt to interfere with the worldwide transit of goods and to reduce food availability. The Chinese know how to treat COVID. They make the drugs and herbs. There's no need for them to lock down. Don't miss all the food warehouses that caught fire recently or the refusal of the Union Pacific Railroad to carry 20% of the fertilizer in the U.S.'s biggest fertilizer producers expected to ship. We are finally understanding that the awful government policies were deliberate, intended to cement control over and impoverish us. But maybe we can start to build something a whole lot better. We are shaking loose of the educational indoctrination system, the ruination of our foods, the user-unfriendly and health-damaging healthcare system. We are starting to grasp that our governments acted with malice aforethought to stupefy and eventually enslave us. People are breaking free and taking responsibility for their future. Where I live, people are learning self-sufficiency skills, creating homeschooling co-ops, building greenhouses, and growing food. The migration to the countryside was deliberate. A better life? It just takes everyone waking up. Despite all the acrimony we have faced, the time is ripe to help our followers see things clearly. We have to love them, help them, and meet them where we can. Maybe it is just to talk about the Gridrian dinner or ivermectin. They won't get it in one day, but keep trying. It is our solution.